0: Okay, with that, it's time to look ahead into some of these matchups here that you just alluded to with the Commanders and maybe look back on what the Commanders present. All right, Paul, so you and I both watched that Commander Falcon game. We clearly see that they have become red hot and they have momentum. And look, they should be credited with winning a lot of these close games, right? If we're going to credit the Giants for doing that earlier in the year, well, certainly the Commanders deserve a lot of credit. But, you know, as I go back and I watch a lot of these Commanders games, Look, the, they got the Eagles to turn the ball over a bunch of times, something the Eagles hadn't done all year. They they figure out a way to be the first team to beat them. You know, they were very lucky to escape with beating the Indianapolis Colts, who were very much on a downswing at that point. And obviously, last week we saw the Falcons come in, no Kyle Pitts, you know, a team that was a little similar to them. And Paul, my main takeaway from that game, and tell me, obviously, Payne deflects the pass late. Falcons are going in the score. Is number one as as spunky and energetic as Heineke is and as good a receivers as McLaurin and obviously Samuel are, you know, Heike still struggles to drive the ball, drive the ball, drive the ball, which I think plays into the Giants' secondary where um, you know people want to say, oh, you know, how do you guard McLaurin? How do you guard McLaurin? I I just don't think that he presents the same challenges Dak Prescott clearly presents. That's number one on that note. And then to turn around on the flip side, you know, you talk about what the what the D tackles did in the interior of the Washington line. You know what really worked for the Atlanta Falcons the best last, uh, last week? Well, when they were able to run a lot of that RPO stuff and Mariota was the one carrying the yeah. ball outside the tackle. So we have seen the Giants this year when they need Daniel Jones, like early versus that bear game, take off and run. He could be a difference maker, scores two touchdowns like that. You know, they've held back there. It appears now I'm reading reports. His knee brace is finally off, off of this, you know, mini buy as well. I think Paul defensively. I'm not as worried about the pass. It's about shutting down the physicality of Brian Robinson, who was really, really physical in that game, and, you know, our D-line stepping up. But offensively, I think this is a game where you don't hold back on what Daniel Jones does with his legs.
1: All right, let's take this in two parts. Okay, we talked about Heineke, all right? Heineke has the gunslinger's mentality. He will force the ball into spots that he shouldn't. That's why he's thrown interceptions in five of the six games that he's played this year. Okay, he believes that he can get it through that little, little space at the top of the knitting needle. That's the way he plays. He will also hold the ball longer because as he's running around back there, because he does like to move around some, he is going to hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball because he wants McLaurin to run the scramble drill to give him the chance to get that big play right now. How does that work in the Giants' favor? Well, if this pass rush, boosted by the return of Ojolari, can get to him while he's holding that ball longer, that usually means you have a better chance to get some hits and some sacks. So that's one thing that you've got to look for from the Giants' front. Defensively, you've got to say to those defensive backs, be aware, this quarterback, when he starts rumbling around back there, he's looking to throw it. He's not necessarily looking to run it. So you got to make sure you plaster and keep playing the receiver. Don't be fooled into trying to come up and run support. Stick with your receiver because he's going to take a gamble and try to make a play and throw it at you. So think about getting that pick because he's going to come out with a late pass. Right Now let's flip it to the other side. If Chase Young does play this week, he's missed 20 games because of an ACL. He's going to be on a snap count. Definitely. He's going to be rusty. We all know what happens with guys who come back from this injury. It takes them a year to get their legs back. I would just abuse the hell out of him. If he's yeah. in the game, I would go right at him every single snap. Paul, and this, Paul, this may be
0: a mistake by me, and I get it, but for everything you just said, snap count coming off of it. I've even read some reports that don't be shocked if they hold Chase Young back because of the MetLife Stadium turf as well and give him another week. Fine. Lead. Fine. I- I don't, everybody's talking about Chase Young coming back and I understand why that's a big deal for the commanders, right? We're pointing to Daniel Bellinger being a big deal here, but from a Giants perspective, I don't view that as like, oh my goodness, Chase Young's coming back. The Giants are in trouble because also, you know, last year Chase Young, even before injury had a down year, I still don't even know what Chase Young is. So forgive me, snap count combined with all of that. And by the way, we have Andrew Thomas at left tackle, depending if they line him up there. If I am not panicky, like some fans might be about Chase Young coming back in this game.
1: You no, know, I I don't think Chase Young's going to be a factor in this game at all. Even if he does play, I don't right. think so. That's my point. I would I would take him to me if he's on the field. He hurts the Commanders. And quite frankly, did you watch Smith Williams last week? Did yeah. you watch how yes. poorly he played? Yes. Now at least yes, he's exactly. healthy, right. right? At least he's healthy. But this guy, I, I I he is the one poor ingredient on that Commanders front. Obviously, yeah. Allen, Payne, and Sweat, those guys are as good a trio as anybody in the league up front. But they can attack that way. They can even attack that way in the run game, you know? I mean, it's totally plausible. The thing about Smith-Williams, he gets fooled on all the RPOs. Mariota had a feast running to his yes. side last week. Yes. Because he's constantly getting folded inside, constantly giving up the edge. Daniel Jones has to see that on film. That, and that that's-, that's that's my point. I mean, to me, I think of anything. And we're going to give our game
0: picks and, and the fantasy reality stuff in just a second. When I watched that Falcon game, like that's the biggest thing that stood out to me is I've seen Daniel Jones do this better than Marcus Mariota is doing. Yeah, I see this clearly that Washington is giving up these. And I know Washington's watching tape and they know that this is going to come and it's going to be right. They're going to try to find a way to solve that too. But I, the Giants have held back and I understand why. You don't want Daniel Jones getting hurt. And, you know, he was still coming back from his injury himself. This, and as Brian Dables now alluded to, right? This the season starts again now. This to me has to be we need Daniel Jones to do this to win this game. We're going to do it. And oh, by the way, if they do this enough early where maybe they're not saving back for the second half, don't look down. You know, the Giants could build a 10, 13, 14 point, lead, dare I say in the first half of this kind of game, if they're running that to success. And then get their pass rushes. Like that's not entirely impossible for the Giants to be playing from ahead here in this game.
1: I'll say this to you, Sean. Daniel Jones needs to be aggressive with both of his traits, not just with his legs in this game, which of course I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm not one who wants to see quarterbacks run a ton. Right, no. But he does I mean, have you? he does have to take advantage of what Washington's going to give him in the run game. But the other thing is, he needs to be aggressive through the air as well. Sure. Did you know that Washington's secondary? Is the most penalized secondary in the National Football League. I did not know that. That's why you come to one giant step. Paul's got the penalty stats. They have been they have been flagged eleven times so far this year, which leads all secondaries and penalties by by the next next team is three behind. The average secondary in the NFL has been flagged five times this year. Wow! And Washington's got eleven. What does that tell you about them?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, even by incompletions, we could f- get yardage down the field by a penalty coming. Bam. Bingo. Paul, take I'm your shots. Be I'm aggressive. Fired. I'm fired up. All right. So let's take a peek ahead now. Paul and I, you've heard us preview the game, talk about the injuries, everything. We're going to give you our game pick. We're also going to give maybe a, you know, a touchdown score, kind of fantasy play for the Giants, and maybe some reality of the game as well. Paul, I'll let you take it away here off this mini buy. Give me everything you got. Throw it all on the table for. Me.
1: Well, I, I'm looking at this game, and and I, I really do think it's a steel cage match. Obviously, both of these teams have similar desires. Washington would like to grind it out. They know the Giants' rush defense has been sporadic, so they want to grind it out that way. Well, the Giants' offense wants to grind it out that way too. We understand that. If they're getting Bellinger back. They're getting Neal back. So both offenses want to do the same thing. Both defenses have been more suspect against the run than the pass, although the Giants' secondary, again, has been hurt lately. But I think you would make a very strong argument that both of those, quote, strengths of the running game on each side of the football should be the way to go. But here's the thing that that I'm thinking about, Sean. I'm thinking that the Giants still have a lot of dusty chapters in their playbook. Stuff that we've started to see a little bit of with Matt Breida. We saw a little Gary Brightwell last week. I'm thinking there's still surprises that I know I saw in July and August that I've been counting on for a long time to come popping out. This has got to be the week you pop it out. Okay, Start dusting off some of those chapters because Washington hasn't seen any of that stuff yet. So I like the Giants to win this game 24 to 20. 24 to 20. All right. You have a touchdown score. uh, You know, some kind of fantasy play there for us today. What do you think? Oh, fantasy play. How about Daniel Bellinger?
0: You just took the words out of my mouth, right? Long time coming. And by the way, you know, remember that London, even Packers, they have them running sweep runs. They're not afraid to use Bellinger in creative ways. I think that's not a terrible play. All right, Paul. I'm along the same lines as you. I think the Giants are gonna win this game 23-17. And I actually think they're gonna be in a position defensively where the commanders have the ball back with some time. The Giants are only up six here, and it's a matter of keep them out of the end zone. And I think it's gonna be either Ojolari or Thibodeau that makes a very fun play, like we saw versus Baltimore early in the year. That's I just I have a feeling it's gonna come down to that. We're going, okay, the pass rush is back. Giants, of course, won't make this comfortable because they never do. 23-17 is the is the game there. Uh, how about a play? I, you know, called a hunch, got screwed last week. Give me Isaiah Hodgins to get back in the end zone. I mean, that play that got called back a week ago, you know, I do like for whatever reason, it just looks smooth, right? You know, Daniel Jones found a way to get him the ball. I think he finds a way for for a passing touchdown to get in the end zone. And Paul, just one last reality check on this game. I predict that this will happen. I'm going to go ballistic. The Giants still in this game somehow will take either an illegal man down the field penalty or an illegal formation penalty because it feels like it's weekly. And if that ain't cleaned up, I'm going to go nuts, but I think it's going to happen again this week.
1: I I still don't understand what in the world is going on. The epidemic around the NFL for for those penalties. Look, I I will say one thing, Sean, Let this game be decided by the players on Sunday. Honestly, I don't want either the Washington fans or the New York fans waking up on Monday morning screaming about how some stupid phantom call screwed their team out of a victory. Because that's not what the NFL should be about. I agree
0: I agree this is a big one obviously so we will be back with you on Monday morning recapping all of the chaos hopefully I have a voice I will be sitting in the crowd screaming and yelling my head off as Paul does his actual professional work at the stadium so we will collective heads uh, maybe we'll see some of them. not as much wind it looks like 48 and clear believe me I've been looking into that so decent cold day but decent day uh, maybe down to 43 but nonetheless an interesting day at MetLife Ahead Paul where can we follow you on Twitter?
1: at Giants
0: WFAN. And you can follow me at CBS. Thanks to our producer, Adam. And thank you to all for subscribing, downloading, and taking one giant step with us.